Hey everyone, Wildman here. Get ready to listen to the first of a three-part series with Dave and Lindsay Hall, hosts of On Rock Petrospective Podcast. If you are a Petra fan of any sort, you don't want to miss the next three episodes. Hey, even if you're not a Petra fan, you don't want to miss either, as this time together could introduce you into a whole new world consisting of Petra's great music career, covering 33 years. Let's get started. Hi, this is Mark Andrew Speck from the band Sweet Crystal, and you're listening to the Wildman and Steve. Sweet, very sweet indeed. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wildman and Steve show starts right now. So, Steve, I wanted to ask you, Are you? did you complete the assignment I gave you earlier? You know, it's hard for a teacher to admit that he did not complete an assignment. But um, to be quite honest, I'm not even trying to remember what the assignment was. Well, um, you emailed me a response here recently, uh, fairly oh, recently. Yes, fairly, yes. Uh, here, here he goes. Now he goes. Now, now he remembers. Yes, so you remember. remember. Now. You remember. What was it? Since you remember, you wanted to know about the origin of the word "yup." Yup, exactly. Why you be? Yes, yes. Where did that come from? Where did we ever make the transition from "y e p yep" to "y u p yup"? And I figured, Mister Latin expert, he would know. So I got to tell you, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> You know, what I think is that it's a southern and western United States pronunciation. Mm. Because to me, I always associate it more with, with cowboys um, uh-huh. and, and western. And, and yep. In fact, yep. I'll even yeah, kind of, read yeah. it in western novels. You know, so I, I, I think it's more of a dialect uh, sort of a thing. And since I, I enjoy... I enjoy the American West. I enjoy reading cowboy novels and so forth. And so sometimes I will slip that into a text. Right, uh, it right. comes out that way. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. 
This is very important. Very important. I, I, I don't think I have ever asked you this in all the time that I've known you. Can I tell you how scared I am at this very moment? <laughs> you can't scare an expert in Latin. You can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't happen. But um, when you have a can of Coca-Cola or a bottle or a bottle or a can of Pepsi, what do you call it? Oh, stop. I knew you were going to ask that. I could tell from the way I could tell that. Yes. Do you call it soda? Do you call it pop? Or do you call it soda pop? That was my question to you, sir. You know, I, I get it. I get it. And, and certainly there's different regions I know of the United States that will do all of that. Now, where I grew up in southern Indiana, we called everything Coke. And, and I'm not making this up at all. So a waitress at a restaurant can say, what do you want to drink? And you might say, I'll have a Coke. And she might say, what kind? And you might say Pepsi. Hmm. Because Coke was the generic you just said that for everything. At this point, because I've lived in, in a couple different places, and I, I, I guess I tend to say pop. I think I tend to say pop more than soda. Ladies and gentlemen, um, you'd heard this right here. He doesn't even know what he says. He just admitted. He has to think about what he says, to ter what term he uses for what he drinks. Okay, I'm going to go right out on a limb here, wild man, and tell you, I don't know much about the basics of my life, okay? I have no idea what kind of shampoo my wife buys us to use. I don't know what kind of toothpaste. And I'm sorry, this just may go out and offend everybody. I'm a man, okay? I don't know that stuff. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> well, you know, I do want to say I am pleased, although you didn't have to make that announcement. I am pleased to hear you say that you are a man. I, I do appreciate that. Yes. I'm, I'm glad there's no confusion. Yeah. I, it, it just took away all the confusion, and I, I appreciate that. So thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, go to Twitter right now, hashtag WildmanandSteve, at WildmanandSteve, and let us know where you would rate that intro. As we are doing every episode, we're trying to do the best intro we can possibly do for every show. Now, this is the part of the show, as all of our listeners know, that I turn it over now to Mr. Segway himself, who always introduces our guests in an incredible way. And tonight, folks, we have guests. We have two guests tonight that he's going to introduce. So, Mr. Segway, take it away. Well, I appreciate that, wild man. And, and before we get into this, and of course, as you know, I, I have no idea who our guests are. Uh, complete surprise to me. Uh, but I, I had an idea for the show. And I, I, I want to run this by you. I thought it would be really, really cool sometime if we could do sort of like a, a, a retrospective, kind of a look back at a particular artist for, you know, you just kind of do one of those retrospectives. And, and, and you could even take like, take, take like a band name, right? And then you could like put that together. And so maybe we could have an episode where we look back at the work of, I don't know, take like Petra, right? You're such a big Petra fan. And then we could call it Petrospective. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think about an idea like that? Eh, that's a good idea. I think that's a, I think it's a good idea. But, you know, it, it always amazes me, Steve, when you just come up with these things out of the air, you know, just... 
out of the air. You just come up with this incredible segue. And you already said you have no idea who's who's on the show, although you were talking about before the show. But you have no idea who's on the show. But you did it again, Mr. Segway Struck again, because ladies and gentlemen, we have with us David Hall and Lindsay Hall, two brothers from Australia who have started a podcast called Petrospective, where they are reviewing all of Petra's material going all the way back to 1972 when the band began, 1974, the first album came out. David and Lindsay, how are you doing? And welcome to the program. Thanks very Thanks, much, Walt, man. You know, well, man. Yeah. So how would you rate that intro before we go any further? How would you rate that? Uh, it's probably better than anything Dave and I have ever done. So <laughs> there's a start. But we don't have, you know, we don't have that kind of conversation available to us about uh, about drinks because across the entire breadth of Australia, it's it's just soft drink. Soft drink. Oh, that's, that's, that's all we say. Oh, you know. Yeah. And then the brand name. Yeah. And you know um, what? That, that would settle many debates in our culture, wouldn't it, Steve? We just, it really would. Just straighten out there. See, th- these guys from Australia have already helped us. You know, you guys have already solved a lifelong debate that we've already had well, over well, what we call our drinks. Uh, we hope so. The, the, the subtitle of our most recent podcasts was Everything Made Better by Australians. So, there you, go. you know, <laughs> it's part of the and, service and always- that we like to provide. And I always I, thought yup was was an Aussie term anyway. I thought yup was just what Aussies, because Aussies are lazy. Aussies just couldn't be bothered saying whole words. So why say yes when we could just say yup? <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. You know, this is transparency night here on the Wild Man and Steve show, right? <laughs> so I've, I've got to ask very quickly before we get deep into the music, and we're certainly going to get deep into the music tonight. Um, are you guys anywhere near Canberra? So we, I live, um, I live just north of Sydney, and Canberra is about a a three hour drive from Sydney. So I'm about four hours, and Lindsay's about an hour north of me. So okay. yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it, it depends re- relative in Australia. Um, we're kind of close, but you know, in Australia, you've got to travel an hour and a half from anywhere to anywhere no matter you know that's the that's the shortest distance you're going to end up driving to get between two cities so um so five hours ain't so bad got it now the only reason i ask i've got a really a very dear friend uh, she's an elementary school principal uh in canberra uh just a beautiful woman a great great leader named kate smith and she was here in the states several years ago and we became very good friends and she introduced me to one of the best things I've ever experienced in my life coming straight out of Australia. And that's Tim Tams. Oh, you're you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) U.S. That is is basically a national treasure down here. On, On behalf of the rest of the world, we thank you. For Tim Tams. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's our, our joy and delight to bless the rest of you with these these tasty morsels of uh, of of chocolate biscuit, which doesn't quite cover how amazing they really are. Oh, oh no. No, no, no. That doesn't that doesn't even come close. So yeah. she teaches you I- how to enjoy them the best. So she said, yeah, you do, yeah basically kind of because you bite the end off and it's hollow. Yeah. And then so you use that to drink 
uh, uh, through yep. like a like a straw. So yes, yes. Yep. She yep. also introduced me to Vegemite. Ooh. However, <laughs> however, I just put a bit of Vegemite straight out onto a spoon and ate it. <laughs> she has a series of pictures of my face contorting into this. Well, what is this? And then she pointed yes. out you're supposed to spread it on something and, and, and so forth. Absolutely. You spread it, you donate it straight. And what I've what I've found, I've got American friends who've tried it. And look, I don't know if this is just them or if this is a, a cultural thing in America. I, I, I get the impression it could be cultural that the concept of spreading something onto toast or buddy, you spread quite a thick layer of of an item, whether it be jam or honey or whatever. Um, with with Vegemite, it, it is a thin, very thin spread, like just a little bit over. Otherwise, you have a similar experience. <laughs> I'm beginning to sense that this discussion could lead possibly to world peace by the time we're done with it. <laughs> Australians do like to lead the way. Yes, yes. We, we, we appreciate that. Well, you know, I can tell you this. You did lead the way in starting the Petra podcast that I have always dreamed about <laughs> listening to as a Petra fan. Um, and I was telling Steve earlier that, you know, the three of us is what I would call pet heads um, because we really believe and we are just, as Steve said, we're obsessed with Petra. Um, but I want to ask you to start with, um, what was it that caused you now to start this podcast? Uh, it was um, it, actually it was the the honorary third hall brother um, who David doesn't know so well, but uh, an old you know very long time friend of mine um, who I shares went to our last with his brother. Remember, I went to school with his brother. I didn't know that. This is the first yeah. time you've ever told me that. No, I've told you that. Well, world exclusive for me too. Here, guys, thank you so much for creating this opportunity. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so my um, so this uh, yeah my friend, um, you know we've we've known each other many years and we've always kind of a lot of our friendship is built on supporting each other's creative endeavors. You know we're both we're both writers. We both once entertained notions of being filmmakers, um, but our joint efforts at filmmaking were so so disastrous that we realized that uh, it was probably not our calling in this life to commit ourselves to it. Um, but he recalled, uh, last year we were catching up and he recalled, uh, a conversation we'd had years ago where I'd expressed my dream film project would be to get a documentary crew together, even a rudimentary one, travel to the States, convince every last individual who has ever been involved with or connected to Petra to reunite for a week or something and just film it. Let it be a celebration and then interviews and, and, and stuff and get a sense of the legacy of the band and maybe even, you know, get other artists to weigh in. I, look, he, he actually remembered all this stuff. I'd completely forgotten the conversation. But he brought it up last year and he said, you, you know what you should do, what you really should start? You should do a podcast. Um, and, uh, and you should talk about Petra.
I didn't think much of it at the time. And then it was, I think, Christmas when uh, our family were all together at, at, uh, at our new place. And David and I were chatting and I floated the idea by him. And my impression at first was that he, you know, he's always happy to talk about Petra. He'll, you know, he'll drop just about any conversation or social interaction to talk about Petra. But on the scale of engagement with the topic, he was like, oh, yeah, okay, that could be. But then over the rest of the day, he start, I started noticing he was on his phone a lot. You know, while the rest of us are kind of doing, you know, Christmas Day family stuff, Dave's looking at his phone a lot. And then he starts going, you know, Lindsay, I was just, um, I was just going back over some stuff about Petra's early albums. And, uh, and he goes, hey, you know, there are these interviews that, uh, that Bob Hartman talks about the, the origin of the band. And he starts throwing this stuff out for the rest of the day. And then again, we all go our separate ways. And I forget about it until two months later. And then David starts pestering me with messages and say, hey, you well, are we are we doing this podcast thing? Because here's another idea that I had about, um, and he just he kind of kept at it with me, and um, yeah, and I thought I have no idea quite what we're doing or or how to do it. I didn't even know the best the best format to do it. Like I said, we live we live an hour an hour and a half away from each other, so getting together to record something wasn't going to work, and I didn't think Zoom would be a it would have good enough sound quality to be able to be used as a at podcast. So again, learning experiences for me as as we stepped into it and gave it a shot. Um, but the biggest surprise of all was was when we started doing it. Um, how how many? And you know, we don't have a huge listener base by any stretch, but the people who have caught on um, caught on pretty quick and must have shared and you know we got a we were getting messages early on from a from a fella named tim in south africa who who loved the idea of the podcast and um you know we we kind of have keep interactions going with him and that's certainly what kind of cemented it you know for me all right we got people interested in listening let's let's carry this through to um to the far end of uh, of the band's journey great as i told you beforehand i've been listening to it but i i wasn't aware of it when it first came out so i am playing catch up and i don't want to listen to the latest you know you like you don't you know it's building so i don't want to listen hmm. to the latest so i i've listened to several every morning just trying to catch up and it's been incredible and there, if there's any petra fan well, of course 
all Petra fans that are listening, <laughs> um, you want to listen to this. Um, this this podcast is incredible where they give the insight on every album, every track, every song, every uh, all the information. Um, and and I, I tell you one thing, guys, I'll tell you right now, I think Steve's kind of happy, but I can tell you one person who's really happy for us recording this tonight is my wife. And the reason is because there's somebody else that can listen to me talk about Cedric, right? As I fall into the same lines of you guys as well, that I will drop anything to talk about it. Now, through this episode, all three of us, I'm sure, and Steve will, Steve will chime in every now and then, but, you know, <laughs> all three of us, we're going to talk about the impact that Petra has had on our life personally. So I'd like to begin with that when I shift over to Dave. Dave, if you could just answer um, when did Petra start to become an impact in your life and why? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll share the story, um, which we have shared on our own, uh, podcast. And, and I thank you very much for, for your kind words about, uh, about what we're putting out there and, uh, really encourage anyone who's, who's listening to this to, you know, if you do like Petra, um, jump on, give it a listen. And like you said, wild man, it is something that does. It's good to start at the beginning because every every album builds on the next, and it's a, it's a journey of the ministry of, of Petra. But um, yeah, my my story begins when I reached just before I reached high school. I was um, it was nineteen eighty seven. I was uh, twelve years old, just about to start high school, and the church that my our father is a is a pastor, so we grew up in. Uh, we grew up in the church. I, I like to tell the story that I was uh, born on a Sunday and I was in church the following Sunday while my dad was preaching. Um, we've, we've grown up uh, very blessed to have had the example of, 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 of Christian leadership, of Christian parenting, of just the opportunity to know God from such an early age has just been such a blessing in our life. And, um, we're very grateful, and it's it's actually Father's Day down here tomorrow. And and Happy Father's Day to our dad. We we love him. We love him dearly. Mm. But we um, so I was in I was in uh, the in Australia. It's it's year six, the last year of what we call primary school, and um, about to enter. I guess what Americans would call junior high. And the youth group in our church at that point had started to bring in the year sixes into the mix just in the last few weeks of the year building into Christmas sort of let us feel acclimatized to getting to know them. And there was a, our church had a youth group room and inside the youth group room was, was a record player. That's how, you know, we're talking 1987 record players long before CDs. They had their own stereo system, which, you know, for, for a church at the time in, in Australia, that was, you know, we, I was loving that. And, I remember going in there one Sunday morning and they were playing, they were playing this album. They were playing Petra. Uh, this Means War was what was being played and I was mesmerised by the sound. I, I, I'd never heard anything like it. Um, obviously, 1987, as you guys know, I'm sure it was very similar in, in, in America and we've listened to Bob's interview with, with you guys and, and he shared sort of, the, the fact that it was still a time when there was a lot of church opposition to the, the music style of Petra. And I mean, even, even at the time, I mean, a lot of the rock, hard rock and Christian rock and, and Christian metal was still in its infancy. I mean, Striper was still in its baby steps in, in, in 87. Fire! 
basically grew up on what would I guess be considered Maranatha style church worship and um, and songs of praise and songs of the kingdom. I don't know if they, it all came from America at some point, I know, but that was the music style I'd heard. So this just just mesmerised me. And, and what was worse for me was the youth group were going to see Petra live in, in Sydney and I wasn't able to go. I was my parents would let me. I was too young, um, not quite ready, and I wasn't quite in the youth group yet, so they wouldn't let me go to that one. So that was the first time I'd heard it, and I I just I loved it. I started pestering my parents um, to to get it for me, and so for my thirteenth birthday in May nineteen eighty eight, I got uh, this means war on record, and it got listened to. It was the first record of any kind I had ever owned of my own. Uh, It was only the second album of any type that I'd ever been given. I'd been given a a cassette for Christmas of an Australian artist, but it was, yeah, it was the first album it got. It got played incessantly, probably to the point that my parents, I know they got sick of listening to it because I wanted to listen to it any moment I got. And it it began the journey for me uh, very quickly within a couple of years because there were people in our church who were already Petra fans or, or, or into the music. It became very quick, easy for me to get a hold a lot of, of a lot of the back, backlog, the, the previous albums and, and get a listen to them in some form. And, and, and yeah, it just, it just grew from there. It was such an honor to have Dave and Lindsay Hall on the show. Their story is so similar to mine, where Petra made a huge influence on my life in an incredible way, as they did for them. But wait, folks, there's more. Here is a short preview from On Rock, a Petrospective with Dave and Lindsay. Hello, world. Thank you for pressing prey on The Rock, a Petrospective. I'm Lindsay Hall. And I'm Dave Hall. And we are two humble brothers who are going to be exploring the music and the legacy of the greatest Christian rock band of all time, Petra. And clearly, if you're listening to this, you are probably a Petra fan or you've listened to Petra and enjoy their music and we welcome you on the journey. Absolutely. If by chance you have stumbled across this podcast and you have no idea what we're talking about or thought this was something to do with the temple from the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, stay on board with us, man, because we're talking about an absolutely fantastic, genuinely groundbreaking band who, like many of the great musical acts, have something in their discography 
for everybody. And we'll get to that as we go along this series. Dave, do you know what next year is? Next year is going to be 2022. That's right. And do you know what that means, David? What does that mean? It means, I think we might find that it means it's been 50 years since Petra released their first album. That is right. 50 years of Petra in the world next year. So that wasn't even on our minds when we started talking about this. But what an appropriate lead up to 2022 to start walking our way through the Petra legacy. I've known of Petra almost as long as I have memories. There's not really a clear time where I wasn't listening to their music, but Dave, that's largely thanks to you because (laughs) uh, you are my big brother and there is probably not another soul on the planet who has had as much influence on my musical taste as you have simply by virtue of the fact that you were listening to stuff and I was in the next room. Or in the car listening to it with me when I put it on. Or in the car listening to it endlessly on on road trips with the family. So... Putting the tapes in for, for those of you who are old enough to remember cassette tapes. Cassette in the tapes, car. guys. That's <laughs> we'll right. We'll get into all that. <laughs> so, Dave, could you take us through yours and my origin story of Petra? Well, yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna have to jump back in the time machine. I was introduced to Petra essentially at the end of uh, my primary school year. And um, just before I entered high school. So for those of you who maybe live, well, my brother and I, we live in Australia. For those of you who are listening around the world, we welcome you. We're we're Aussies. Uh, For those of you in America, um, it would be the equivalent of uh, the end of elementary school and about to enter junior high. Um, I think everyone else in the world probably has a similar school structure. But I was about to enter youth group and uh, the church that we were a part of, I was starting to be introduced to the youth group members and they were playing. I remember one Sunday night after, uh, before church it was, they were in their youth group room and they were playing This Means War. Uh, record, on record, on the turntable in the in the youth group room, they were playing it and I was like, oh, wow, what's that? And, and the youth group, they were even about to go like that week or within a couple of weeks, they were even going to see the Petra This Means War um, Australian tour. So this was that was 1987, the back end of 1987. And for my 13th birthday in 1988, my parents bought me the This Means War album. That was my first introduction. I'd heard it at youth, but that was my first album. And I loved it. We, 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 I played it. I played it incessantly. I, I put it onto a cassette so I could listen to it in the car and on a Walkman and that was my first taste and it just blew me away. I was only just developing my taste in music anyway. You, Lindsay, you probably remember mum and dad, they were, they were, they'd grown up in the, in the, 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 the sixties, the, the, the late fifties and early sixties, mid sixties. And they love their sixties music, their British pop music, the Beatles. They used to play that in the car all the time. Petra, this means war was my, really the first music that I asked for and heard. And, and so that was, that was my introduction and started a lifelong 
a lifelong journey. Uh, for Christmas that same year, my mum and dad bought me Captured in Time and Space. Hmm. And th- there, there came the confusion for me because all of a sudden it was someone else singing. It was, it was and I had to start asking some questions of, of the other youth group members and friends and at church and why was there a different singer? And I learned that Greg X. Vols sung with Petra before John Schlitt did at that time. And, uh, and, and that started, you know, the next stage of learning the different parts. 1989 on fire was, was my birthday present. So very quickly I had their two albums and then, then the, everything started to snowball. Um, I remember, I, I don't know if you remember this, Lindsay, but we went for, a, went for a trip into the city of Sydney with dad and we went to the Christian, the Christian bookstore, music store that was sort of in Sydney at the time. It was sort of the only place you could get anything like that. And I was looked, they had a, a, a box of discounted records and in there was washers whiter than. Petra washes whiter than and I just went dad dad can we get it can we get it and dad bought it for me um I don't know how I can't remember how much it was it was on I was certainly on sale uh that year I started learning guitar uh, a Christian friend of ours started teaching me guitar he was a big Petra fan and he had back to the street on tape and taped a copy for me and he also had two copies of Never Say Die on cassette. And he gave me one of them. So I was slowly starting to build my collection. Uh, later that year, my uncle, our Uncle Neil, gave me more power to you and was telling me how that was his favourite Petra album. And then I got Petra Praise pretty well as soon as it came out. And then that was it. After that, every album as it came out, you know, Beyond Belief blew out from there. And then as they started to release everything on CD, I managed to, to pick up most of the stuff on CD, the early ones that I've missed. But that's that's the journey. 88, 1988, 1989, I just, I got hit. I loved it. Got what I could as quickly as I could and then, yeah, bought them as they came out and mm. uh, still listen to them today. Mm. Now, for contrast, when you were first hearing the first strummings of This Means War, I was five years old. But I can tell you for sure two things about little Lindsay at that church. Number one, he would not stop until he got himself in that youth group room that you guys were in. Uh, I didn't care that I was so much littler than all the rest of you. I uh, managed to charm my way inside that room nearly every single time something was happening in there. But the other thing that I'm pretty sure I remember, because this is one of the first things that comes to mind when I think about my memories of Petra, is the album cover. A poster would have been a one sheet of the This Means War album and just the, the cover art of that, the oh. uh, the praying man, the rear cover art, the praying man, arms yeah. reached up to the sky, shaft of light, mm. um, uh, armour and sword on the ground before him. Yeah. Really evocative stuff that captures the imagination. And I don't know why there was an aspect of I must have been familiar with the concept that some Christian people did not think rock was very good was permissible perhaps that wasn't dad's opinion ever 
But no, no, but mom and dad I, never held that opinion. But I was aware that there were people who thought that we shouldn't be listening to that kind of music. So for me, at a very young and impressionable age, there's a bit of a thrill at the sense of, for me, Petra was kind of verboten, even though I wouldn't actually have been rebelling against anybody, but it felt like I was, and that was kind of exciting. Where the rebellion did come in was was the way I got familiar with more albums and particularly Never Say Die was I would wait until you were out of the house and I would sneak into your bedroom and I would take your tapes and I'd just tool <laughs> around the house with my Walkman and listen to the tapes while you were gone and hope that I could sneak them back into your room before you noticed so I don't know if you ever noticed that, Dave. That well, let, 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 what are we? We're, 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 it's 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 a lot. It's 30, 40 years later, mm. thirty five years later, and I can tell you, I've just learned that. Okay. There you go. I didn't know that. So there you go. That's amazing. So, but that's um. But but the, you, you talk about the the perception, and we'll we'll get into this for, for mm. the listeners. Mm. We will certainly get into the way rock Christian rock music was perceived by the greater society and by the church at later times. And and if you've listened to um, if you've listened to some of the interviews that have come out in the last twelve months um, online with Bob Hartman and and, and members of Petra, Bob actually talks quite specifically about a lot of the backlash and, and stuff that they came to. But but I never really, when I, I just, I never really felt it. I The youth group were listening to it already. There, there were the people, the, the leaders of the youth group were really big into the Christian music scene already. So I, I was quite lucky. Be sure to tune in next week for the second episode of this three-part series, which includes a surprise you do not want to miss. We will see you next time. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website, where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time.